Yeah, but you know what? But that's the that's the good thing because um, wait, when you reached out, I was like, you know, let, let's do this. Let's definitely do this because we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about something very important today, and we really yeah, want very to, important. We really want to get your perspective because um, you know, when we did our last episode, leading up to that episode, I knew about the petition, and then um, we were having a lot of different things we were working petition. on. Yeah. Yeah, because yes, Melissa's okay, okay. yeah Melissa's petition. We were aware about uh, the petition and thought, you know, this is this is crazy. Like I was thinking, like this is this is nuts. And it's wild because being, you know, a resident of Baltimore, growing up here, and remembering my childhood, you know, the elementary school, deciding, oh hey, let's you know, let's take the kids to the BSO. You can't come to Baltimore without passing the BSO at least once. Yeah, it's like the aquarium. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. it it hit like a ton of it hit like a ton of bricks, and I was like, you know, we gotta talk about this, and it, this is this is crazy. So I brought yeah. you know I brought it up uh, in our chat because you know we always talk about what we're going to be re- going over on the show, but as we were mm-hmm. talking about it, it was just like this is this is this is maddening. And following um you know Melissa on Twitter and her keeping her foot to their necks, and I love it. <laughs> Stiletto is the vein. Yes, Stiletto because Stiletto is the vein. Yes, he's not playing. Yeah, but you know what? But that's the that's the energy needed. But I also right. love that mm-hmm. this is being done out of love. And um, even though we're not into the interview interview yet, we always do pre record just in case. Um, Certainly. So I want everybody to know that's going to be listening to this interview that both you and Melissa have love for the, the BSO. Am I right? It's, it's more like, hey, we want to see yes, a better I mean, change. I would, I would certainly say that I would like to see the Baltimore Symphony be better, and I would like to see Baltimore Symphony or kids be better. Um, you know, being privy to that program, especially as a member of faculty for three years, you know, and that program, you know, being touted as, you know, this thing, you know, that Marin Allsop and the Baltimore Symphony is doing, you know, to better the communities, it's not really that. And and the fact of the matter is that, you know, if they're going to toot it as that, then it needs to be that. And what right. I witnessed when I was working there is that it is not that. And that's exactly what we're going to uh, talk about today. I'm actually about to go ahead, queue up in music. Uh, and we already kind of started, but for folks listening, we're going to get into this interview and we want to welcome our special guest today, Mr. Wade Davis, who's going to be talking yes. about his experiences and, and just what he saw and, and getting more perspective because that petition also, um, just, I'll just want to pull it up real quick because I know the last time I checked, Melissa's petition was closing in on a thousand. I mean, really yes. closing in. Yes. And I definitely want to know where the BSO's head is at when there's well over like 800 some signatures in counting. And just to clarify what the petition is all about, too. Yes. Yes. And as of right now, Melissa's petition, uh, no racism at the Baltimore Symphony is at 952 signa 53. It goes up in real time. Uh, they start counting, but it's well over 950 signatures. It's really close to really close to a thousand. And yeah. we and for clarity too, we actually reached out to the BSO 
uh, to get comment. We reached out to their uh, PR team, and as of mm-hmm. yet, we've yet to get a response. Yeah, yeah. And you're not going to. We 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 figured it out. <laughs> you're not going to get any response from those people. They're not going to say anything. They're hoping that this is all going to die down. That Melissa is going to be quiet, just like they were hoping that I was just going to start being quiet about work kids years ago, and I still haven't. And you know, again, they're just locking ranks. They're closing ranks rather than actually addressing the issues. See, and and that right there yeah. is something. When I was when we were talking, I was asking like, you know, what's the you know, what is closing ranks exactly? Yeah. And the way that was bought, the way that we, we, it was, we figured it and just, uh, how you explained it. They're essentially trying to, uh, get people not to even talk to you. Right. To act as if I don't exist or act as if Mm. I haven't said anything, you know, and it's so funny because it's like, you know, all of a sudden after, you know, me working at Orchids for three years, saying what I had to say, you know, sharing the post by one of my colleagues that really started it all uh, when I was in California on a tour with the Folger Consort. Um, but long story short, you know, I, I would, like I was saying in our messages, you know, I now have members of the Baltimore Symphony, you know, adding me on Facebook, following me on Twitter. And it's interesting because, you know, like I said, two or three years ago, they were trying to act like I didn't exist. Yeah, it's really hard to do that now. I mean, right now we're living in a culture that is promoting awareness to people that are feeling like they're being treated unfairly or being racially profiled and stereotyped. So the nerve to me that anybody, any organization would just try and sweep it under the rug to me doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like you would want to. Oh, well, let me tell you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you how it started. Okay. A teacher, I believe, or she might have been an administrative assistant. I'm not exactly sure what her position was, but she was privy to things. Mm -hmm. Her name is Rachel Edwards, and she shared a post when I was on tour with an early music ensemble in California. And she basically said, you know, uh, this person, and I'm going to name names, uh, (laughs) Marin Stringley. That name was not changed to protect the innocent. No, not at all, because these people need to know exactly who is working with our children. So I have no problem saying exactly who I'm talking about here. Okay. So this girl, uh, Marin Serenely, I think, called the children little monkeys and and said (gasps) something along the lines of they were stealing things. You can find the article on Medium. Melissa Wimbledon shared it. (sighs) All that to say is that I shared Rachel's post. And I then had Raquel Whiting Gilmer, executive director, former lawyer of Orchids, writing to me on Facebook Messenger, essentially asking me about, you know, having tea, you know, she really wanted to, you know, corner me into discussing this off the record, really. A little, mm. so little. When oh yes, oh yes. So when I told her that my teaching schedule was booked up literally for the next two months, mm-hmm. she then persisted to, you know, continue to attempt to bring it up. You know, when she would see me in person again, I just kept telling her, "No, I'm not available. I'm not available." Until finally, I remember it was January. I think it was 2017. 
I'm not exactly sure, but I know it was January. It might have been 2018 or 17. I can't remember because, you know, <laughs> those years blur together. But basically, she, you know, approached me about it once again. You know, just having tea, you know, talking about, you know, the, you know having a talk. And I basically said, mm-hmm. look, I don't do anything off the clock that I'm not getting paid for. So... Mm-hmm. If you would like to email me and let me know what it is that you would like to speak with me about, I will consider it. She Mm. stopped right then and there because she didn't want a paper trail because she knew exactly what she was trying to do. And I guarantee you she'd done it before and somebody else had fallen for it. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's an undercover lawyer brought in as damage control to deal with the Rachel Edwards situation. Wow. So that's why, so that's why when I quit for it, kids, because she, Camille McNeil and Hannah Morford, former director of teaching and learning, wouldn't do anything about this white woman, Jane Cromwell, string chair, getting in my face and wagging her finger literally so close in it that I could have bitten it off if I was a savage. Yeah. They wouldn't even call her to a meeting to discuss it. Instead, literally kept trying to circumvent back to my quote-unquote behaviors. And when I said she was uh, she was creating a hostile work environment, they brought in the fake British woman who's supposed to be HR for BSO, which is the reason why Catherine Needleman, Principal Ogilvist, sued them a few years so ago. So she wasn't a real sexual age- harassment. Yeah. Uh, from the concertmaster. Yeah, this woman is fake HR. She's not even qualified. I don't believe for that position. Oh, my God. But you know how Americans think about British people. The minute they hear that accent, you know, <laughs> you point to heaven. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know what, but, you know. Yeah. That so that's, that's the, the, the end of that. And, on, and all that to say is, um, you know, when I quit and I let people know exactly what happened, why I quit, they wouldn't hold that white woman to the fire wouldn't even call her to one meeting to discuss her behavior towards me they then tried to close ranks acted as if i never even talked to the program told people not to talk to me not to uh, interact with my posts you know anything like that it didn't matter it didn't matter because i mean you know one has to remember that when i was initially given the opportunity to give a mock class in September of 2015, I was told I wasn't a good fit by Hannah Morford. Oh. They wanted someone more Suzuki-based. And you know what? I knew exactly what that meant. That meant babysitting. Because you know what Suzuki is to me, frankly? Was... Mediocre. Hmm. It's a way for mediocre string teachers to get parents to give them money. Because parents hear the word Suzuki and they say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. wonderful. Great. And half the time, it's these mediocre players that aren't really performers and are falling back on teaching as if it's not something important. That is crazy. So all that to say is, five months later, guess who turned around and called me and offered me the position of lead cello teacher? Hmm. (laughs) So then, January 2016, I go into this program, making changes from day one. Right. I'm talking, you know, nobody's getting up and going to the bathroom in the, in the middle of my cello class. You're, you're, you're grown enough to be able 
you know how to hold it. And if it's an emergency, just put your hand up. I'll understand because you're not going to do anything in front of your colleagues that's going to embarrass you. Right. But let me tell you something. <laughs> I showed up like Uncle Wade for these children. And I said from day one, look, I'm here to teach and I'm here to care about you. Don't play games with me. I will turn into Cookie Lion. <laughs> and they knew exactly who I was talking about. And they knew exactly what I meant. And we had it in one accord from then. And that was when I was there only two days a week working with one cello class. And I got them on one accord in four months to the point where we were invited to play for Yo-Yo Ma at a private event when he came to play for the Baltimore Symphony in July. And let me tell you something. That wasn't out of pity. It was because I got that cello class on one accord to the point where they were playing chamber music. That had never happened before the Orchids program. There you go. Because, because let me tell you something. For the most part, they had only been hiring work-study students from Peabody to come in and basically teach for one year, barely, just a few songs by ear, because that's the whole purpose of the program, and then leave and leave it to somebody else next year to clean up the mess. Mm, mm, so both were shocked when I came on and stayed for three years. Because you were bringing something more to the table. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's when they started to get scared. Uh, may I ask you, what were the ages, the age range that you were teaching at the time? Uh, for the, for uh, the kids? When I started, it was uh, my youngest student, Isaiah, who's 16 now. He was 10. And my oldest was. 14. So I had 10 to 14 in my intermediate class, and I was just four cellos, plus an assistant who was teaching as a volunteer, who is actually now in college and studying with me privately because of all the pandemic stuff. You know, his, his university, Ithaca, has basically kind of shut down, so he's studying with me and has been for the past year um, because he respects me so much as an artist and a teacher because I put him in the class mm. <laughs> when I started teaching. At or kids, and he improved. And that, when the kids saw, okay, white dude is improving. This guy knows what he's doing. And I hate to say it like that, but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like he was yeah. the he was the gauge for them to see. Okay, this guy knows what he's doing because we've seen this guy for three, four months, and he's improving after a week with this dude. Okay. Mm. Okay. And do you think and okay. do, do you think that was the and like you because uh like you had said uh when they realized you were bringing more to the the uh the table that's when they started getting cold feet that's when they started uh worrying but i would imagine that if you are actually helping children progress in a much shorter time than what they could have done in a year with other instructors I would imagine that would be a positive thing for them to. Well, of course. Yeah. But but, uh, sadly, what it does is shows everybody else up. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he becomes a problem. Egos. Got yeah. You. Exactly. I became the problem because not only was I showing other people up, I was literally going into meetings and saying, no, this is not right. You need to implement this. You need to implement that. No, I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. For example, I literally kept gunning for basic music history, basic music theory, basic musicianship, some kind of concert etiquette course. 
But you know what? They refused to do it. And let me tell you about that concert etiquette course, because you know they don't take the kids to the Baltimore Symphony. Yeah. They don't take the children to the symphony unless it's black violin. <laughs> you know. And no no shades of black violin, but that's something totally different. Can I ask And a, what that is oh, is essentially a party. Yes. Yeah? Uh, uh, I I just had a I just had a question. What so when the person said little monkeys, what would how what was the conversation with the children? Like what was the reaction to all this? I really don't even know. I really don't even know because honestly I was not privy to that and I only know what I read in the medium article. Regarding yeah. uh, Ms. Edwards' thoughts. But I do know that they essentially tried to sweep it under the rug. She tried to schedule several meetings, you know, things like that. All basically falling on deaf ears. That is crazy. And it's not that crazy. Those people aren't interested in anything better for black and brown children. That's why they were threatened by me. They were scared because Uncle Wade was coming in and caring about these children more than any of them ever had. And that's why I was inspiring those children in classical music. I wasn't giving them Lady Gaga arrangements. I wasn't doing these creative composition bullshit pieces, which are basically excuses for these kids to continue to not learn how to read music. Yeah. But because your voice was so powerful, because you were you were giving you were inspiring these kids like like anybody that hears what you're providing for these children can see the difference that you're making in these lives. So when you speak truth to power like that, it's undeniable. And that's, you know, to your point, that's where you're saying they couldn't ignore you because they saw the difference you were making. So on one hand, we want to promote what this person is doing, but on the other hand, this type of person, we don't really Mm want to, we don't, we don't really want to elevate. So what do we do? That's kind of, that's kind of the, figure out a way to stifle them. Yeah. 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 Oh man. And see, that's really, that's really where Jane Cromwell made the mistake (laughs) by giving me, uh, reigns of the orchestra to rehearse at Lockham and Bundy, the school where I was uh, stationed. You know, she made the mistake of giving me the orchestra to rehearse there, and that's when I started making real changes. Because mm. I became maestro Wade. And I was really showing those kids how these instruments work, what the function of their instrument is in an ensemble. We weren't, like I said, we weren't playing these Lady Gaga arrangements and things like that. I was giving them Mozart, Handel, Bach, Purcell, music that serves string instruments well, you know, and, yeah. and, and lets them understand what music is according to the instruments they're playing. You were trying to go you way know, past I mean, optics. Way past. And they really didn't like that because, again, this program, like many, is El Sistema based. You hear what I said? Based. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Because guess what? Based, that word allows them to cut all kinds of corners, like not providing music history, music theory, basic musicianship, and still get grant money funneled through because of optics. Is doing the very doing the very little to get the, the most, the mm-hmm. absolute least. 
Yeah. The absolute least. The absolute least. And it was frankly embarrassing, you know, for me to be hired alongside four other colleagues and literally three of them quit after May. Four months. Oof, man. The turnover rate in that program is ridiculous because the second people realize what it is, which is an absolute fraud and a sham, people want out of there. I, on the other hand, saw what it was, saw what I could do within the program to make change, and did it. And how did I've you, always been able to do that. And how did your colleagues feel about this? Like, did you get support Ooh, from... They didn't like it. No, okay. no. No, no, Mm-mm. they didn't like it. They didn't like it. Most of them didn't like it because most of them were white women, and because most of what they wanted was to have this, you know, white women, you know, white women's club. But of course, you know, you have some black folk too. Of course, you know, they're desperate for a seat at the white supremacist table. Mm. Camille McNeil. Yeah, I said the name. Mm. Um, desperate for for you know a seat at the white supremacist table that they're willing to see this kind of thing happen and overlook it. In fact, let me tell you something. I remember when I shared the post from Rachel Edwards on Facebook and she called me mm-hmm. and, you know, she, you know, was, was, was practically, you know, almost in tears, you know, because she was like, I don't understand, you know, why you would share, you know, something like this regarding this program and, you know, da, 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 just all this stuff. And I was like, well, Camille, I've told you several times what my issues have been. And now to see something like this, I need clarification. Yeah. Stop crying right then and there. So to say the so least, again, they followed it, suit. Say again? It sounds like they followed suit. Oh, yeah. Well, the, here's the thing. Again, <laughs> this whole program is based on lowered expectations for black and brown children. So when you get somebody in there that's actually trying to do better, they don't people want are that. like, oh. Right, they don't want that. They don't oh, want that. Man. So that is why, that is why they allowed white woman, Jane Cromwell, to get in my face like that. Because you already know I couldn't have done that. I could have never gotten in her face and wagged my finger so close to her that she could have bitten it off. Yeah, that, that, I could have never done that. Yeah, they would have had to turn around in the same day. They'd, 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 oh, yeah. The day, look, the very moment. Yeah. Because she would have literally been turning around saying, well, I felt my life was threatened and I felt that, you know, more could have happened and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Camille, Hannah, and Raquel Wyden Gilmer did not even call that woman to one meeting. Hannah Morford sent me an email talking about some Jameis swamp till the end of the year. And then in meetings, you know what they try to do? Circumvent back to my quote unquote behavior. Yeah. Let me tell you what the behaviors were, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah Morford was still mad because at an event playing for Dr. Carla Hayden at the Ivy Hotel, I told her she was not prepared to perform with the show one time and she wasn't going to. Mm. And she got mad about it. Nick Skinner, director of operations, tried to come up to me and say, well, you know, Wade, you know, that is really just basically trying to, you know, berate me in front of the children. I, I, I had to evoke my grandmother. I literally got right up close to him and I whispered to him in this tone, Nick, we will not do this in front of the children. If you want to discuss things with me in the hallway, you may do it, but we will not do it here. 
period. I've made my decision, and that's that. And I meant what I said. Now, again, like I said, I meant what I said. She had not rehearsed with us thoroughly enough to be ready for that performance, and I was not going to allow it. Because, essentially, you do not perform what you do not rehearse adequately. And right. that's the example that I will always set to my students, period. Yeah. So all that to say is Dan Trahey then tries to come to me. I think he may still be involved with or kids at the time. I think he was one of the directors. Comes to me and tries to tell me, oh, Hannah's crying and blah, blah, blah. I said, that doesn't matter to me. She was not thoroughly prepared to perform with us. Standards. Yeah. Then, then, well, she's your boss. Again, that doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Nothing you, I basically said to him, nothing that you say to me is going to make me care. I made the decision based upon what we had rehearsed and she had not rehearsed with us. What part of that do you not get? It doesn't even matter what you don't get because I already made the decision and it didn't happen. Because if it was the other way around, they would have told you the exact same thing and expect you to walk off like, okay. Oh, let me tell you something. With a smile on my face and act as if nothing had happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's crazy. yeah, I mean, and that's really when they they started seeing, yeah, Wade Davis really doesn't play around, and it's not going to take nothing off nobody. Period. So it, then, yeah. guess what? Guess what? I think it was the next time I was at Orchids, which was maybe like a couple of days later. Nick and Hannah cornered me in a hallway, Ooh. basically to tell me that I need to leave musical decisions to admin. I said to Nick, until you're observing my class daily, I'll make those decisions for my students. Thank you. And he kept trying to go back and forth. I said, Nick, I said what I said. That is crazy. I don't understand what the problem is here. So all I have to say is, that's when it really started. That's when it really started. Because I basically said, you're not going to play with me. I'm not an Uncle Tom. I'm not going to sit here and bow down to you. I don't care what you're used to. I'm not here for you. I'm here for these children. He said white white supremacists. But, that, but see, but the, the, the very, because wait, I'm listening as you're, as you're recounting everything. And I see the same theme, you know, through every example. Yeah. And it's, you are not going to come in here and show us how to do our job. Yeah. You are not going to come in here and show us up and be an example. Uppity. You know, like they, they, like not, not, not. The exact word, uppity. Yeah. Like they, they, they have a, they have a, like this conception, like you said, they want you to just come in there keep your head low and not care. Like just, it's basically well, what like it really read the was, lines. What it, what it really was, was A, they hoped I'd be mediocre at best. Mm. They had no idea I was going to come in there with this accomplishment as an artist already and then bring it to my teaching, first of all. Second of all, they're not used to black fathers advocating for those children. So when you have a black man in meetings advocating for those children as if I'm their uncle or even their father 
some of them young enough, seven or eight years old in my beginning baby classes, yeah, they're going to be looking at me like I'm crazy. Because let me tell you something. <laughs> I will never forget this absolute idiot named Justin Dietrich, mediocre violinist at best, and of course, you know, all within the program, the darling of the program, you know, teaching the Marin level violins, you know, bullshit. Um, basically, uh, did not put the correct chairs out for my primo, which is my baby class, right? And the babies, they're so tiny, they need the little kindergarten, you know, elementary school plastic chairs that are like, you know, smaller than the average fold-up chair, right? Mm-hmm. So I literally had the chairs on the side ready to go. I told the people what to do. He did not do it correctly. All that to say is that my baby's class missed a performance opportunity on the Christmas program. Oh, no. Wow. And so I went back to a classroom of seven little eight- and nine-year-old children, some of them in tears trying to figure out what happened, why they didn't get to play, because they were ready to go. Okay? So when I called the meeting about it, meals in the meeting, Justin's going to try to act like he doesn't remember what happened. I said, well, let me refresh your memory, Justin. You put out the incorrect chairs, and you lost, or rather, you cost my class a performance opportunity. Would it be fair to describe you as the uh, kind of the Joe Clark of the symphony orchestra? Like, lean on me. Would that be? Would that be? Would that be a fair assessment of? <laughs> I, I, I would that. certainly say that. Yes, I mean, I came I from a from a lineage of educators. Discipline, uh, a high level, because you're setting a high level of excellence because you understand the circumstances, some of these children, and you want nothing but to bring out the best. So while it seems as though you're being extreme and militant, there's a reason why there's a method to your madness. And, 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 and because of, I mean, based on what you're saying, what you're saying is based on your role, quote unquote, role in society, we're not going to take this from you. We would take this if right. it was Mr. Holland's opus. You know what I'm saying? If this right. was Richard right. Dreyfus, right. Right. you know, right. it, 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 it would be okay. But since it's coming from you, now we have a problem. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And that's literally why when I was getting so heated, because again, those are my little babies that I had literally watched literally started on the cello, growing on the cello for four months, and they missed that opportunity. I, yeah, I was heated. I'm not going to lie about it. I was heated. So all I have to say is, here's Camille. Wait, I don't understand why you're getting so heated. You know what? This meeting is over. I said, you know what, Camille? What if it was your child? What if it was Micah? That's when she turned back around. Mm. I said, now, what you're going to do is get all the faculty, admin, and cameras in my classroom in about an hour. I've already arranged with the violin teacher to come over with her students. We're going to have a little performance, and you're going to make my children feel like celebrities. All right, yeah. I love that. And do you want to know what? They did it. They came through. My children played beautifully, and we had a Danish butter cookie and lemonade reception. 
<laughs> yeah, you love Don't these children. Me. You really, you yeah, because you love these children. They don't, yeah. they might not yeah. see it, but this is love. I'm, I'm trying to show these kids love. Well, I still have children from Ork kids finding me all over social media, Instagram, Facebook. You know, now that some of them are old enough to have Facebook, you know, I'm getting friend requests from from all of them. So you know, I, I know what the impact that I made was there. Um, you know, and I'll continue to rally against that program because frankly until they are providing the basics of what music takes which they all know because they all got it and I'm talking to everybody including Marin Allsop you're doing those kids a disservice oh man this is crazy but see again here's the biggest part of it people already know what Ork kids do People already know it's a sham. So here's the thing. Mm. Most people involved in it want to have it be part of their CV or they're trying to get in good with Marin Allstop. Mm. And the, the, the problem with that is either way, it's just silly because, I mean, okay, I suppose if you put it on your CV, it looks like something. But anybody looking into it would be like, really? You're proud to say you were part of this? And on the other hand, you know, no shade to Marin Allstop, but it's like, I don't understand why these people are worshiping her as if she's the only conductor in the world. Like, have y'all never seen another maestro? I don't understand it. it, it it's crazy to me. But most of these people haven't, sadly. Have you gotten any support? Sub- the only thing oh, they know. Sorry. I'm sorry, go on. I was going to say, Baltimore City is the only thing they, they know, most of these people. So, you know, they don't know anything other than Marin Alcott, which is fine for them, I suppose. But it's like, if you know better... When you know better, you do better. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And Just like Oprah says. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Have you, right. Got, have you gotten any, um, any support from other... Uh, orchestras like other locations statewide like when they hear about this story like what's their impression of me you yeah mean, like or have i you mean have you gotten any have you gotten any backup from any other organizations or any other people oh no. Up- oh no 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 most of these organizations and people are afraid of the machine that is behind both Marin Allstop and baltimore symphony <clears throat> that's strong Wow. Well, they are. I mean, that's the reality of it. And because, frankly, first of all, I have zero desire to play in the Baltimore Symphony, like none whatsoever. So <laughs> Me, you're not going back. Because okay. I'm... <laughs> right, and none whatsoever. Okay. Um, and, and because also I'm such a sort of, I mean, not that I'm not a mover and shaker in the modern cello world, but definitely in the Baroque cello world as the only black professional working Baroque cellist in the United States, I really don't have time to be worrying about who is looking at me or not looking at me or, you know, trying to offer me this or that. Because frankly, like I said, most of these people are scared of these machines. They're not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, And that means in some cases, disassociation with me. Which mm-hmm. is fine. Um, but the funniest part is that, I mean, you know, if this whole pandemic, you know, since literally this time last year has showed anyone anything, it's that Wade Davis 
can literally step outside of classical music and still be doing things without anybody really in classical music helping, supporting, or or pushing me up. And that's what scares a lot of these people. Mm. Because my talent is so immense and extraordinary that I can sit out here and say what I need to say, talk about what I need to talk about, and it's not going to stop me from being hired by who by people who have integrity. Right, right. You, you know, for example, when I had to say what I said about uh, Lee Pringle and the Color of Music Festival a couple of years ago in his shenanigans, you know, a lot of people tried to act as if that didn't happen or as if, you know, they needed to distance themselves from me, which is fine. But what it shows me is ultimately most of, most people are mediocre at best, desperate to be hired so they'll go along to get along. And I'm not. And that's what scares most people about people like me, because I will always be able to do what I need to do. Right, right. But, you know, that's also to me, that's a fine example of how I think any person should move. You believe in your craft, you believe in yourself. You know, there's nothing holding you back. And I think where people have that mindset, it frees them from those shenanigans. It it frees them from being worried about the machine. And I, and I'm glad you said that because that was something that I, I caught like with the, the petition uh, as the, the eye opener for me, because there were so many stories. Like we, after speaking with you, we started literally digging around. We started hitting up Google and seeing different articles come up. And right. you know, when there's smoke, like they say, when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. There's so, fire. When we hear a story like this and you have someone that is speaking up, you know there's going to be two other people, three other people, four. And right. they want right. to do something. But just as you said, it's they're too afraid to go against that machine because they're worried about their livelihood. They worry about their status. Some are like, hey, I managed to get into this program. And I'm going to stay. And knowing in the back of their mind, they said, well, if I improve, I can go far beyond but while i'm here that improvement may not happen or at best when i'm trying to go to that next step mm-hmm. if it's going to require me to play at a certain level that they don't want me playing at i have to play dumb or i have to just accept the mediocrity that I, instead of improving because i can't see anybody getting into any form of music and thinking, you know what? I just want to do the the lowest tier and just be done. Oh, it's like, believe me, believe yeah. me, believe me. There are plenty because let me tell you something. When I went to the color music festival, there were a few cellists in that section who were just snakes towards me. And, and, and the reason I say that is because, I know that I'm an extraordinary talent. I know that. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these, you know, own lane bullshit kind of people. I know what the lane is. Okay, which is which is, you know, serious playing. Not, you know, kinda halfing it. Okay. And that's what too many people are doing now, especially with this dumbing down of classical music with, you know, you know, people, you know, playing, you know, soundtrack to the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, and, and all this pop music on stringed instruments. That does not serve stringed instruments. But you have people trying to do that as a livelihood. No shade to those people. But frankly, until you have a 300-year tradition of that, 
I don't want to hear it. He's the okay. Tom Brady of and classical music. That. Say again? Tom Brady. Oh, I, I won't right. say Tom oh, Brady. Right. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. No, we, 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 we'll, get, we we'll get go with the, Jordan. Yeah, we get in the comparison. No, no, no. Right, right. <laughs> right. I, I shouldn't have said that. But, but all that to yeah, say yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Is that, you know, when you are really doing something quite well, Folks who are not doing it as well have two choices. They can be bitter about you or they can try to improve. And what people are not willing to do at a certain point is try to improve because they know that they will never, ever be able to do the work that it takes to get there. So there's a lot of the people in that. <laughs> Definitely but, a lot of And that is literally that. why yeah. that is literally why I came up against so many snakes. In the cello section, specifically yeah. at the Color of Music Festival. Yeah, yeah. People, you know what? You know what? Though people gravitate towards excellence. To me, it's like the road may be bumpy, but to me, when you speak truth to power, when people see and you lead by example and the strength yep. of character, I have to believe that people. They may not, you know, like organizations may not like it, but people know when you're making a difference in people's lives and they see the hard right. work you're putting in, you know, so that has well, to, that's honestly yeah. why, you know, I'm so thrilled, you know, to, you know, have this, you know, performance of my, uh, you know, Bach cello suite pre-recorded and, and produced by the Washington Bach concert, you know, which is, you know, the nation's premier Baroque ensemble and choir, um, you know, in the wake of everything that was going on this past summer with the reckoning of the classical music industry regarding black artists specifically, because we're not going to keep talking about diversity issues because we got to talk about black people in classical music. You know what I'm saying? And, and when people use this umbrella of diversity, it's literally their way to do anything but hire a black person. <laughs> be frank about it. So all that to say is that, you know, to be offered this opportunity from the Washington Bach Consort is huge because it's really going to put my name out there in a major way. People are seeing, you know, this trailer, you know, people are, you know, seeing what I have to say, hearing what I have to say about the music, and they're really taking note of me. And it's, it, it's just funny because, like I was saying to a dear friend of mine a couple of weeks ago before, you know, this all was about to come out, you know, the, the uh, trailer and stuff. This Washington Box Consort performance is going to force people to see me. People who hate to see it are going to be forced to see it because somebody is going to share it and it's going to be in the peripheral, just like the Swans for Relief video I did with Misty Copeland uh, last May. That video literally went viral, for lack of a better word. And it was so funny because, you know, I even heard from somebody at Sport Kids, I won't say, but a friend said that somebody had, you know, shared, you know, the, the post about Swans for Release, the video, saying, you know, this is former Orchid faculty and da-da-da. And I thought to myself, yeah, you still going to try it, huh? You still going to claim my name. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, as, as yeah. I was there causing chaos. Have you heard, have you heard, um, the, so, so I looked on uh, the uh, BSO website. Uh, actually, my wife gave me this article, and apparently, the uh, CEO 
I believe his name is uh, Peter Keom. Am I saying that right? I don't even know who you're talking about, frankly. So okay. your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, so I hope I'm saying I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. But uh, I read. So he sent out two days ago, approximately uh, a letter, uh, uh, a letter on the website um, addressing some of the issues that you're talking about are you are you familiar with this at all or i'm not because i have no interest in the baltimore symphony whatsoever so again nothing that they write do say think is of interest to me i do not follow them on social media at all so no this is completely new information to me oh okay Uh, so i was gonna i was gonna read off uh what they what they said formally on on the website uh i'm not going to read i'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long but uh, i just wanted to give you kind of a brief uh synopsis of it uh so they did on the first section uh they talked about the social media policy and they said in recent weeks uh the personal words and sentiments of members of the bso family have been flagged in tags, posts, and commentary on social media. Uh, we neither condone nor support these posts, and we actively work to address concerns raised. Uh, can share the following points of clarification and action. And then uh, he begins to list off like a few of the bullet points, but the only one of relevance that I saw uh, to what we are discussing Uh, was the bullet point that says, as of February 20th, 2021, we now have a social media policy developed in consultation with the musicians and stagehands, unions that codifies our shared values grounded in the humanity, respect, and dignity. Because while the BSO celebrates different points of view, such expressions must be appropriate for the forum of a world-class artistic enterprise, and we will not stand for hate, racism, or intolerance. (laughs) It concludes by saying, we will not comment on individual personal matters, but we are actively addressing real and current issues by implementing this latest policy. Alongside an anti-harassment policy developed in 2018 in universal practice. So, but, yeah, I, I thought you would. I thought you. I thought you would like look like this. Sorry. So, excuse me. Oh, so it, it, um, let me just read this last part to you. It has an additional update. Yeah, I know it's good stuff. I'm sorry, oh, 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 no problem. It, 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 it sounds amusing to me coming from your from your from your perspective. Definitely. OK, so uh, it's laughable. It's laughable. The, the, the word salad is laughable. Oh, yeah. So uh, the this uh, last point here, direct directly enabled by our new CBA. We held our first ever mandatory full orchestra training focused on creating a culture of inclusion last week, engaging a respected thought leader of color to lead this, among other important conversations. Okay, Uh, let's see. We, um, so so uh, this is the final part. We are also proud that a majority of episodes in our 
2021-2022 digital concert series BSO Sessions have featured the music of biopic or women composers expertly led by our diverse artistic team and realizing that an 18-month planning process, you can expect a paradigm shift in equity and representation to continue in our 2021-2022 season and beyond as we look to return to our concert and community. Supporting this return will be our new code of conduct aligned with our values that pertains to all members of our BSO community, musicians, patrons, and staff, and articulates what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior at BSO events. In closing, for over a century, the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra has recognized its position as a cultural arts leader in Baltimore and the state of Maryland across the nation and around the world. In recognition of privilege, power, and responsibility associated with our position and our platform, we also acknowledge that significant work remains. We are actively working to transform this institution and will continue to measure and hold ourselves accountable over time as, as to communicate progress. Somewhere Melissa is laughing her head off because I'm pretty sure she oh just my saw God. the whip. Um, let me tell you something. <laughs> Melissa Wimbish just gained her halo. Believe that. <laughs> because, I mean, that right there is the thing that literally would have me just gone to glory. That is just so... Well, because, what are you talking... Okay, it's problem solved, right? Right, right, right? Everything's... Well, it, it, look, <laughs> it should be problem solved. It should be problem solved according to the, word, the verbiage, right? Right. But here's the reality of that. Here's the reality of that. Like I was saying to somebody a while ago, actually, which is so interesting that it, that this is coming up. I think there's only one permanent member of the Baltimore Symphony, cellist Esther Mallon, who is the dear friend of a friend of mine whose husband is now deceased. His name is Henry Mays. Prince of the Cello. Let me tell you something. When I say Prince of the Cello, I mean Crown Prince. He knew Casals personally, Rostropovich, Leonard Rose. I mean, Foreman, he knew these people. He had letters from these people. You know what I'm saying? These are the great cellists of the 20th century. He knew them by name. He was a great cellist himself. And all that to say is that I remember when I first met Henry, and Henry said, oh, you should play for the BSO. You know, you should play for the BSO. I said, I really don't want to. I'm not interested in that. And he said, I understand why. They seem like a racist bunch of bricks. And I thought to myself, yeah, they they are. And then, of course, I got into Orchids, and I saw the sort of machinations behind it all, and I, I really, it confirmed kind of what he said. But all that to say is that, you know, when we're talking about individuals, quote-unquote, they want to talk about individuals. Emily Scala said that, quote, when somebody was asking about the Baltimore Symphony demographic regarding the fact that Baltimore is a majority black city, she said our tonal palette is acoustic, not color. Mm. Orchestras do not recruit local talent. I believe that's what she said. And Mm. the thing that I found interesting about that is that, again, these personnel managers know who's out there. 
we know that in classical music. These personnel managers know who's around, who's in the city, who the gig masters are, who's, you know, these people know. So the fact that I was never once approached about even subbing for the Baltimore Symphony is a problem. Not to mention the fact <laughs> that when I actually brought up the fact that Orc Kids faculty should be subbing with the Baltimore Symphony as a perk of the job at Orc Kids, they looked at me as if I literally had four heads growing up my neck at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. Because they, because, because really, they'd never had anybody to that level to even think about something like that, I'm sure. Man, man, man. But man. imagine, imagine how many of my students would have come to the symphony to see me play in it. You see what I'm saying? That's, again, that's a missed opportunity. Like, for example, when Baltimore Symphony did um, um, all Tchaikovsky evening and they had uh, the George Balanchine serenade with dancers, black and brown, from Baltimore School of the Arts, coached by Heather Watts, former prima of the New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. I went to see that performance and it was beautiful. And you know what? I remember I wrote an email to Dan Trahey, to Raquel Wyden Gilmore, and to Camille and Hannah, basically saying that was a missed opportunity to take the Ort kids to see black and brown dancers literally on the cusp of a professional career. Because when they're in high school like that, you know, you go to an art school, those dancers are ready to get into company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Period. They're ready to go at junior and senior year. As a former dancer, I know. So when I saw that performance, all I was thinking about was the fact that this was a missed opportunity for the children at Orchids to see black and brown dancers at the Meyerhoff who look like them, you know? Yeah, that's what inspires people. I don't understand why these people don't think about these things, but they're not really thinking about these children. Because if they were, Brian Kretchel would not be allowed to continually run that bucket band mess. Because you are not going to tell me that there is anything redeeming about seeing black and brown children drumming on orange trash buckets from Home Depot uh, uh, donated by the city of Baltimore outside the Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. It's degrading, period. And that still makes me angry. Anytime I think about it, it makes me angry. Because because even at Peabody Prep, you would not have those kids on trash buckets. You would literally have them on Fisher-Price toy snares before you had them on orange trash buckets. How do we resolve this? What is the There answer? is no resolution. You got to burn it down to the ground and start it all over. But guess what? Nobody's willing to do that. So you're, so you're saying that, uh, this, that there just needs to be a complete overhaul. Rehaul. Yep. And, started, and started from the ground up with a whole new set of people. Yeah. Yeah, to get absolutely. rid of to get to get to get rid of the corruption the system the systematic corruption and racism is yeah what you're saying yeah. that's the only way yeah. to get the you know to get the program to where it needs to be and to it excel really these is. people's when lives you, when you have a program in existence for 10 years and you literally only have two students going to college for music one of them as a major that's the problem Wow. Yeah. That is the problem. When you have students that are going around the world 
to be part of these quote unquote creative composition workshops where literally they're using triangles, trapezoids, etc., to represent musical patterns. Half these kids can't read music, but they keep perpetuating it. And then this kid shows up to rehearsal and cannot play uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony um, last movement. Mm. That's a problem. It is. It is indeed. And and, and nobody's going to tell me that it's not a problem because it's more than exposure. And that is what a lot of these people are getting away with. Just saying, oh, look, we're exposing them. We're exposing them. That is not enough. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. You can show show somebody something, but that doesn't mean they're going to immerse themselves in it. It's like, okay, cool story. Recognizing a problem is one thing, but doing something about it is is another. Right. And see, here's the thing. Nick Skinner said to me once, well, you know, Wade, we're just trying to figure out, you know, how we can, you know, find the balance between, you know, being an after-school program and a serious music program. I said, Nick, there is no balance. It has to be one or the other, frankly. Yeah, yeah like, like, and also that that's a that's a, a weird that that to me that it's just that's of... a that's a that's a lame excuse, and yeah, that's a yeah. that's a weird thing to even say because when I think about classical music, when I think about learning how to play instrument. Uh, you know, personal story. My grandmother wanted to get me into learning a musical instrument when I was a child. I used to watch, you know, concerts with her, you know, when they were on television. Mm-hmm. And I was a fan of the violin, but, you know, she was like, well, would you like to try learning a violin or a flute? And, I, you know, I, I was a child, so it was just like, oh, the flute looks cool. So I had a teacher. But my teacher was constantly serious with me. It was never of, oh, hey, you learn how to play a note. Good job. Now, day number one, okay, play play notes. But day number two, day number three, it was, are you studying? Are you learning? Are you making time for this? That's a commitment to to, yeah. to, to develop a skill and an appreciation. That takes commitment. And if you have to yeah. have a teacher who's going to do that, yeah. You're you can't have, half-ass classical yeah. music, bottom line. Yeah, you can't no, 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 listen, well, that, listen. Exactly. Listen, <laughs> exactly. I, I talk, I talk, with, I talk with, with, with rappers and singers all, all the time. But, you know, I, I, to me, classical music was a level that it was like, listen, you had to, you, your level of seriousness has to be far beyond. You can't lace the track. You can't you, do a puffy, you okay? Can't, yeah. Look, yeah. Yeah, you got to put in the work. Music, yeah. You have to literally be good enough 10 years before you're even ready to go to college. Yeah. You have to be good enough literally 5 years before anybody's going to take you seriously and then, you know, you yeah. you you can maybe excel at that point if you are really dedicated to it because as we all know, it just gets harder as you progress. Yeah, and when I say that, it gets more difficult. So the rewards are obviously so much more because you're playing more challenging music, you know that kind of thing. But like you said, you cannot half-ass classical music, and that is essentially what they're doing at Orchid. Because again, like I said, all these programs are El Sistema based. Because the real El Sistema program has music theory and music history and they take those kids to concerts and they're really playing classical music they're not just playing these 
Mark O'Connor arrangement because they have a partnership with Mark O'Connor or, I mean, it's just, oh, the whole thing was they, just they saw, to really witness. They saw opportunity. Yeah, it, it definitely is because they saw opportunity and it was, right. let's do the very least to get mm-hmm. the most. So as long as that check yep. clears, they're doing whatever. It's Literally. like somebody fixing your car. If you say, hey, I got a, a broken headlight, but there's also something wrong with the engine. Well, okay, well, what's going to get me to check? Well, I'm going to fix the broken headlight. And I may right. get to your engine, you know, but right. that is that, in, especially when I think about the lack of representation that you you were talking about, where we, they could have, they could have shown children Hey, here's someone that looks just like you doing something amazing. And because they don't think about things yeah. like that for those children. They yeah. don't think what they don't think about what would inspire the children. As long they don't as think check, about those yeah. children. Yeah. Because they once they and got that's the, the difference. Well, let me right. tell you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I feel inspired just hearing just hearing your stories, man, and just hearing what you're you know, what you have done already for all these children inspires me. Like I'm ready to go back and start learning an instrument. I like gave up the guitar years ago, but now I'm ready to go back. I I teach beginning (laughs) students. So, Hey, I mean, look, we want to, we want to get going. I I teach adult beginners and I'm thorough with it too. I mean, I have a student, he's in his sixties and he'll let you know, Wade does not play around. Yeah, Wade does not play around. We we like I'm telling you like we we've had some amazing interviews. The fire that you you bring with this, yes, the, I, I I love it because you're showing your <laughs> you're showing you. your passion. And I was just like, oh my! Like there were moments where I was trying not to fall out the chair because I'm like right on with it. I was high fiving you through the phone like, oh my! God. Oh, we got another honorary, <laughs> uh, another on honorary member, man. You know, when it's I would love to join in because these are the conversations that need to be had in classical music by the real ones. And And I feel like there are too many who are scared to have these talks and to say what they need to say because they are scared of the machines, like I said. Yeah, and that's what and that's honestly what needs to stop. And I love that you you walked away from that BS, but you also made sure it's like, listen, I know my worth. And you're right. not going to diminish it. Not today, not tomorrow, exactly. not ever. And, and that's what scares people. Because we are now living, I would say, within the past even four to six, even ten years maybe, we are living in a society of everything being dumbed down. Everything is, 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 is being pushed to the base of mediocrity, essentially. And it's like, if you're above that, People are looking at you like, who do you think you are? It's like, no, you're not enough because you know what the standard is. Yeah. You're beneath the standard. You're beneath the standard. And that's literally why, again, like I said, people are scared of me. I'm telling you. (laughs) And what he said, yeah. are scared of (laughs) me because I'm not afraid to say what I need to say. And I'm going to still sit down on the cello and do you dirty. Yeah. And he, and 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 one thing that stood out to me at the very beginning is you you know through all this you still uphold the Baltimore Symphony or Orchestra because the BSO is not a white organization it's not a black organ it's music it's about music let's get everybody on board that train yeah. and stop and 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 stop doing these racist words that's what you're saying to me yeah yeah 
And I it's mean, for everybody. Know, it, it, it should be for everybody. And I mean, that would be the hope. Um, you know, that would honestly be the hope. And, and I just, you know, I, you know, I wish no ill will, you know, to anyone in that orchestra or anything like that. But it's just like, some of y'all, we, we, we see you now. You know, mm-hmm. we see some of you now, and it's like I, I wouldn't—I would not want to be colleagues with some of those people. You know, knowing the way that they think, you know, knowing, you know, what you know, some of them are out there saying, that would make me not want to play music with you. Yeah, because yeah. you you know, music is you, music is a universal language. I don't care how. Uh, cliche people may think you can connect with so many different people through music and say a lot of things through music. So when you're sitting next to someone who you really can't play on an ensemble with, you know, that, that speaks volumes. It's, it's, it's basically, right. it's like, listen, how can we connect on this piece of music when you have the views that you hold, when you when you right. when you are going to discriminate against someone because of how good they are or the color of their skin or yeah. you know right. even even right. The, the, the income level, because there's somebody who was who was like, listen, I was getting it in the mud and I put myself in this chair, and you're going to have somebody who's going to say, well, how dare you because you didn't do this that and the third, but that person was putting in work, right. but you have people who. They see how good someone is, and they decide that they mm-hmm. have to turn that individual down. Like for me, hearing, oh, yeah. hearing your story, if I was if I was a student or I was someone you know, you know, within faculty, my idea would be like that's somebody who's going to make a change. That's somebody who's really about it. And if I want to level myself up, I should definitely learn from this person. Yeah, instead of trying example. to turn that well, yeah, that's no. why Michael is studying with me, my assistant from Orchid, who assisted me every summer when I taught at those summer programs as well. Now, that's why he's studying with me now. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, love, I, mean, I love that. Yeah, I love it, that. You know, it doesn't stop because he saw what I was capable of from day one. It continues. You know um, right, it continues. And it, of course, for me, it never stops because, I mean, you know, the thing that I found, which is to be quite sad, frankly, is that many classical musicians actually aren't inspired by classical music anymore. They found it to become a, they, they've found that it's become a job or just a vocation. Um, you know, you'd be surprised how many classical musicians think it's cute to actually say, oh, I don't listen to CDs or I don't listen to recordings or, you know, when I get home, I'm just tired. Let me tell you something. The first thing I do when I get home is put on a CD or put on Spotify or resume the opera that I was watching on my DVD player because, you know, that you just press play and it'll pop back up where it was, you know. Most likely it's John Giovanni or, you know, Salome or something, you know. But there's always something to take me out in a way, you know what I'm saying? But it's still music yeah. because I'm always inspired by something, by it. You see what I'm saying? And, I mean, I remember... You know, on the free days that I would give my students after they had a performance or something, you know, I would bring in a ballet, you know, or I would, you know, talk to them about, you know, Chevalier de Saint-Georges, and we would listen to some music or watch a performance, and I would bring in donuts and, you know, cookies and stuff, and we would talk and watch stuff, and, you know, just the questions that these kids would ask were, were so incredibly fascinating, just because you could tell 
that it was probably one of the first times somebody had actually really showed them, hey, look, okay, this is the Sleeping Beauty by Tchaikovsky. Look, these are the fairies. Mm-hmm. They are going to come, and they're going to bless the baby Aurora. And then Karabas comes, and she curses the baby. But then the lilac fairy comes and saves the day. And that, I mean, and then, you know, we watched a little bit of the, the Act 3 wedding where all the fairy tale characters come in. You know, Bluebird, Puss in Boots, Alice in Wonder, I'm Alice in, um, in the Forest with the, uh, you know, big red wolf and, you know, all those things. And so, like, I could see these kids. You know, especially the little boys. They were so impressed by, you know, the women dancing on point. Some of them had never seen that before. Yeah. And for somebody like me to come in and show them, hey, this is cool. This is not to be laughed at. This is not gay or this is not, you know, anything that they might hear associated with ballet. I broke that down and, and, and stopped that, you know. And I know that I also brought something very special to my children at Orchids. Because let me tell you something. I remember... I had a student in my class, and I'll just call him T. T was very rude to me. He was also very rude to some of my other students. And on the day of a cello performance, T took a chair and attempted to go ham on my student A's instrument. What? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And of course, all the while, I had been emailing admin, Camille, and Hannah, letting them know that this student was continually causing a disruption in my class, and that sadly, I would need him to be removed, but they weren't going to do that. You know why? Because they, they can't remove any students, because the whole thing is an after-school program versus a serious music program, because mm. anybody would say, this child has to go until I have a conference with the parents. Right. Mm. Oh, man. Okay, now, all that to say is, this child took a chair and went ham on A's cello. Wait. Now, A says to me, I said, A, are you okay? What's going on? You know, his little, his little thug boy. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I just need to take a minute, Mr. Wade. Let me just calm down. I said, okay, let me go and get you the, the spare cello, and we'll talk about this later. Hmm. And, you know, we walked and we got this fair cello. I could tell he was upset. That me walking with him, me just walking with him and letting him know that he's handling this well, we're going to solve the situation as best we can right now. You really cared about him. And we'll deal with the real situation after the fact. Yeah. Because it was more important. Exactly. Exactly. And that is literally the thing that I was doing. That is literally why... A student whose mother passed on a couple of months ago literally texted me on IG and was like, Mr. Wade, you know, can we talk? And of course I'm here. Of course I'm here for my children because they know that they're my children. Yeah. Wade, you have been Wade, Wade, you have been an inspiration to me. It has been a pleasure (laughs) talking with you. I just have one. Oh, thank you. I have I I have one last question before uh, before (laughs) before I'm done my piece. Now, look, I'm still a rookie to classical music but mm-hmm. is it okay that what inspires me is not like Bach or Tchaikovsky but John Williams Star Wars is that okay because I saw oh, Star Wars yes. at the BSO like, oh I'm, yes okay um, alright All right. I love you know some of the great you know uh, score composers um, I mean you know that's classical music too okay you know um, I 
definitely do not turn my nose up at that at all. Um, okay, good, 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 fact, good. One of my absolute favorite scores, uh, well, actually, <laughs> that's three, <laughs> but if we can go into it. Um, I love the score to the film Unfaithful, starring Diane Lane and um, uh, okay. here. That is an incredible soundtrack. That music is just, oh. um, Dario Marianelli, Anna Karenina soundtrack, his Pride and Prejudice, and his Atonement. I mean, that is a composer who goes in yeah. to the actual period of whatever he is writing or setting and captures it completely. I mean... Pride and Prejudice sounds like Beethoven, early Beethoven, which is the exact moment, you know, 1815-ish, you know, that that is literally, well, actually, that's late Beethoven considering his date, but you know what I'm saying, the, the Regency period is that music, right? So, you know, Dario Marinelli, Dario Marinelli's score just captures it perfectly. Same for Anna Karenina. I mean, you can tell he studied Tchaikovsky when you listen to that score. It's just so beautifully done same with atonement you can tell he was listening to von williams and he was listening to britain and you know um you know yeah. all, all of those yeah. composers that are around that time you know another great score uh is that to the film moonlight mm. um there is some beautiful solo violin music in that score especially when um uh Blue, the little boy, is in the water mm-hmm. with uh, Juan, and he's teaching him how to swim. Mm-hmm. That that track is just like, woo, because it it just <laughs> this, I can't describe it. It has this element of Bach element, like the sort of arpeggiatedness of the, his famous Chacon from the violin partita in D minor number two, but it also has a sort of murkiness that is what water is and so again i think it's so interesting because most people think about film music as kind of by the yard which really you are sort of writing it by the yard because you really kind of have to watch the, the the footage and then you sort of craft what you've most likely already written mm-hmm. into what can encapsulate that moment um I love to compose. I love composers. I love choreographers. I love anyone who can manipulate current language, be it words, be it music, be it steps, and make something new. Well, El, I'm good. I'm just- good now. I'm good now because he liked John Williams, so I just feel vindicated about yeah. that. So, <laughs> so I'm good. I'm good. Memoirs of a Geisha. Memoirs Yeah. I just like... The, com- the composers and scores you mentioned, they all were up for award um, Academy Awards because they actually, when you look at it, because you talk about emotion early, earlier on, it actually highlighted the emotion that the writer wanted you to feel in that moment. Yeah. Whether it was in the yes. Anna Karenina yes. or like Moonlight when you was talking about the murkiness of it. Because think about it. This is yes. a young boy who is like his mama is a drug addict he doesn't have anything right. and someone's teaching him how to swim and you, we all know the myth about black people we don't know how to swim and right. in that mi- right. moment right. with the music and everything it gave me chills because i was like he has oh, God, to be yes. yeah be, but that's beautiful because that's that phaseon i think it's called phaseon i always mess up that word yes. it's the word that means that when you hear the music it sends chills to your body because mm-hmm. you're actually on the same accord of what 
the composer, the writer, and that scene was supposed to convey in your head. Yeah. That's the vibration yeah. right there. That's the vibration. Yeah. Wade, thank well, and you. And that's really, yeah. I mean, sorry, I was going to say, that's really, you know, the reasons why, you know, what you just said, the, the being on one accord with the writer, the, you know, the, the, the producer, the, the, you know, the, the writer of the score, you know, that's really why I love, you know, ballet and opera so much and, and film just because you, you really put in the moment, you're experiencing something, you're looking at somebody's vision, somebody's molding your emotions in a particular moment, and they can literally put you in the palm of their hand and crush your soul. Yes, I mean, <laughs> you that's know? what it's all about. Oh. This has been so much fun. One day we yeah. have to talk this again is, about um, you know, opera because I love opera. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you oh know. my God. Listen, I am an opera person if you can <laughs> ever stand it. Like, oh my God. Like, oh my, I found out opera. that somebody I know knows Denise Graves. Baby, and, I know Denise Graves. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me tell you, whenever I hear her voice, it just, oh. Oh God. It's, it's, but she's, yeah. the fact that she came out of D.C., I would love to, oh, anyway, wait, I'll wait. calm down. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Wade, yes. Wade, thank you so much for doing yes. this. This has been oh, a pleasure, certainly. man. It it really has. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, no, definitely. We're going we're, we're going to have to have you back on yeah. because Oh, I would I would certainly love to be back on just, you know, as a guest, yes. commentator, just to, you know, talk about uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. now that we, yeah, um, yeah, now that we've gotten the business out the way <laughs> and spoke truth to power yes. And you know, right. he's had a chance to say what he's need, he needs to say. We yeah, definitely gotta we have got him back on just right. to you know chop it up with us. You and, know and, what I mean? And, and just also well, yeah, too. because now we have to start talking about salon. Yeah. We have to talk about seat of the table. We have to talk about on my way or when I get home. Yes, you know, oh, lots of oh, things oh, we, have to, oh, we have to start talking about. I oh. got oh 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 wait, I got one last question. Uh, that, yes. that, that goes back to a previous episode where uh, Lorenzo over here gave me flack because I said. That Alicia Keys was a better singer you, you, than Beyonce. You, you really, you okay. really trying to, you really trying to get Patty right now. See, see, wow. see, see. Wow. see so listen, so wait, wow. we have a professional. Hold on, 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 hold on. First of all, anytime we have a guest on the show, we try to be on the best behavior. At least I do. Look, Chris does, but see, opening. You saw our opening. That doesn't mean you know what. But we're gonna go Come here. On. We're oh. gonna go here. We are so gonna go here. So first, yes, he went ahead, and we had to. We had because we caught that episode. We actually talked about hives. We were talking basically, essentially about hives because if you say anything bad about Beyonce, you say anything about Kamala. Anybody that has a hive, I even in that episode was like, listen, I'm a part of the scissor hive. God yes. dang it. I don't know who runs it, <laughs> but I got that control album both digitally and a physical copy. And I actually thinking about it, even bought that on my birthday. I love some scissor and would fight. Yes. So yes. I understand hive all too well. And I came on that episode and said, explain that. I said, you know, because we get we get into politics from time to time, and I was like, there was things about Kamala personally that I was worried about, but her becoming vice president, I'm like, you know what? 
let's see what happens. So I'm going to go ahead, dial myself back because I want to watch and actually say, okay, she's in this position. What can she do? Because there's always different things going on. We I'm using right. that to explain yeah. to him. You got to be careful. So if you're going to say what you're saying about Beyonce, understand there is a hive. So it's the truth, though. Right. I spoke right. truth. just like hold on, hold on, hold like, on. Just opinion, like Wade Davis is speaking opinion. his truth, I'm speaking mine. Listen, all right, all right. Listen, he's speaking truth. Okay. He's speaking truth. You know what? I'm done. You know what? I'm done. No, 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 no. You are not running away from this. No, no, no. This isn't about us. This is about Wade. Okay. No, no, no. You are Wade. Spectacular, oh, spectacular yeah. I just love her. Oh, oh my so, gosh. So yes. much was going on. Let me say this yes. regarding the girls. Yes. Regarding the girls. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. I love uh, her collaboration with Kathleen Battle years ago. I thought that was beautiful. Um, I also enjoy Beyonce quite a bit. Um, you know, I grew up with, with Destiny's Child. You know, Rise on the Wall is just that album, you know, from high school for me. So, you know, I'm always going to be, you know, the the club is always going to be jumping, jumping at this apartment. You know, we're always going to be, you know, listening to that. But I will say that, you know, when I'm washing my dishes by hand, (laughs) sometimes I love to listen to um, Beyonce. Um, I love um, to listen, mostly though these days, to Medjugorje. Oh, okay. I All right. love her new album. Um, so I think Meg okay. is beautiful. I think her lyricism is very interesting. Um, <laughs> you can just hear something special in the way that she spits her bars, as the girls say. <laughs> I think. Well, you I know what? Meg I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm. You know. I'm just gonna bow out now because, like I said, I have. Uh, I. You know. I have. You, I have you. tried to put a wedding ring on Alicia Keys' finger, but she won't I accept see. it because I can't I go within a hundred feet of her uh, place of residence now. But that's another story. I'm just. I I'm just gonna end okay. it there. I'm just gonna end it there. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. 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 Thank you so much. Oh thank, my God. thank you so much for doing this. This is the person way that we 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 have a cookout. We make Rob sit outside, like like further away, because we're like, oh no, and it's like you, it's like you, it's like you call everybody, over, it's all right. you like you call everybody over for brunch, but you got that one friend you're like you want to invite them, but you're like, you know what? Let me not even let them know the party's going on. Like, hey, I made some sandwiches. Here's a to go box. They open the door. You, you open the door. You give it to them. You say, okay, I gotta go. And they be like, well, who's whose cars are these? Oh, my neighbors down the street. My neighbors down the street have some party. Good. I, as long as I get ribs, everybody. Listen, right, you know, what? listen. You know, what? No, I'm done. No. I'm done. Yeah, you got dang right. You done because every <laughs> single time. Oh my gosh! And I'm not going to let you get away from. It. And you know what? And I will say this: Alicia Keys for me, because that was the first time I was really introduced to a singer who at the same time it's not just her voice that you're paying attention to; it's the way God in her name she is laying down her keys. That was the yes. major thing yes. about that was the major thing about Lisa Keys. I can also say we're going to talk about singers. Jill Scott, Lord have yes. mercy, she will sing about. Gr- I never can hear grits the same fucking way again. Oh, <laughs> you listen, yes. listen. You call somebody for breakfast if you are singing grits like Jill Scott. I don't care what you're putting <laughs> on them. Okay, you're going to be at that table because she- I wasn't even going to mention that. 
Oh, no, listen. I'm just talking about her singing. Oh, no, oh but okay, you, okay. We're gonna, you want to you right. get petty, and I'm going to so destroy you in the action in, in, in the episode. This is I'm, uh, okay. Well, well, no, 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 no. You just said petty. You just said petty. Listen, Look, listen. Let's talk Bridgerton. <laughs> Come on now, I'm ready. I am ready. What do you want to talk about, Bridgerton? Oh, we because between no, oh, we might have Mary? to extend. We might oh, have to. We, we might have to do some because we're going to be chopping it up with this man. <laughs> this, this is already. Mean, well, this you is. Let's talk Bridgerton because I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> we might need to. We might need to bring this man back. I don't know. Yo, no, he's know. The, he's the way to definitely be back on the show. Yeah, this, this, yeah. Is, this is definitely <laughs> happening. Oh, sorry. Wait, go th- for it. Go we for We had to it, talk Chris. about like Doja Cat's musicality and like how much effort she puts into our work, and that's why I think she's the next big thing. Don't get me wrong. I love Meg The Stallion, but I was like Doja Cat. We got to talk about that. We had to take talk about Le- yeah. Alessia Mayor. We had to talk about Bridgerton yeah. and all the shade they've shown, and also like I find that Bridgerton music is very interesting because it definitely got me with the pop strings because i do i won't lie i do listen to pop string while i run but i also like the original it's composed cute. pieces it do, it does you right. know because the right. original composed and, and, pieces and, made those moments even better sorry right wait right. wait and that's why yeah yes that's really why i want to sit down with somebody from the crew of bridgerton and just be like look as a person who loves this stuff, let me tell you where you went wrong, boo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and especially with you know, Regency I mean, really, era? As a per- well, somebody kept saying it was romantic, and I was like, nah, baby, this is Regency, first of all. Thank you. Thank second you. Of all, second of all, while I thought that initially a lot of the string quartet covers were cute, they started to get a bit banal. Mm. Because frankly, pop music, when you take the lyrics away, is only about two or three notes. Thank you. Right? Exactly. So really, all you're hearing is that's all it's just boring compared to the actual music from the period. And that's why at what's her name's wedding reception when they had that Mendelssohn, I was like, Hey! Ellie! Because it had the layers. It brought in the fact that they, even though they right. thought they wasn't in love, that this is really true love. We're not, look, we're, right. we're going to talk again. I pro- I mean, <laughs> Wait. Elle will set it up, I promise. Wait, thank we, you so we, much. We, we, we will definitely uh, get to set up. And I, I love how... I love how we were able to connect with serious issues. I, I love that you gave your accounts and definitely I hope uh, that this becomes a challenge for the BSO to do better. And I love that also yeah. in the same vein, we're talking about um, music and the appreciation of it. Yeah. And I love your passion, just the energy that you were bringing to the table. So definitely keep it's doing, contagious. Yeah. yeah. Do what, keep doing what you're doing because I think when it comes down to it, there's always going to be somebody who says, you know what? If you're not going to do this the way that's supposed to be done, I'm going to do it. And I think that's what always starts the road to getting better. Rob asked early, you know, what can we do? I feel like you are already putting in that work. Like, this is what we can do. This is what we can do. Because a lot of times we have to say, you know what? People in certain positions aren't going to allow us to be great, but that's okay because we're going to find a way to be great regardless. Yep. 
and Wayne, I, I, I just, I just love it. And I'm sorry, my co-host had to go ahead and try to take a one, a quick one shot, thinking that I wasn't going to go ahead and challenge him. <laughs> no, 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 because see, now we really going to talk about no, music because uh, we don't uh, talk uh, about right, R&B enough. Well, and look, also, and well, since well, since well, we talking about uh, Chris mentioned Doja Cat, because usually I, t- I punish him with Doja Cat. And I, the people that bitch, the, I'm listen, a cow, bitch, I'm a cow. Listen, he just had the Academy she, Awards. I don't say on right. oh like, and listen, that's what he always goes to. And I'm like, okay, so we're not going to talk about the other like songs that she's released because even to me, I'm like, she might not be somebody I would listen to like all the time. Like, it really, it started as messing with him, but then I was mm-hmm. listening to other stuff like. Man, she she got she, she can got sing. some she got some songs here. She there. Can, she got some tracks. All right, I'm oh, not gonna yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna pretend yeah, like yeah. she oh, does. She, she got she some tracks. Does. Okay, I'm gonna make all sure right. you hear every single one of them. But no, I'm with you on Meg Thee Stallion because you when you were talking about Meg Thee Stallion, when I'm playing GTA with my friends and Meg Thee Stallion's track comes on and I'm playing the game driving around, that track always hits different, mm. and that is the thing. And I oh, love yeah. her and I love her energy. And I say that about a lot of the women that I would see in hip hop is the energy that they bring even if i don't like their music i like how they carry themselves it's like you're not going to talk down to me you're not going to talk shit and i'm going to get in this arena and do better because i'm when rhapsody when rhapsody came here to baltimore the my favorite thing that rhapsody said when she was on the stage she was like you know don't tell them you know like i'm mc you know tell them i'm a beast and she said it while yeah. she was laughing, but the thing is, she could back it up lyrically, and I just love right. that about her. But see, like some people would say, "Oh well, you listen to Rhapsody, so you don't listen to Cardi." You know, like, I know I listen to him because listen, I like when you bad, you got a song, I, I'm with it. It got that energy, I'm with it. Like you know, when Cardi right. with Bodak Yellow came out, I couldn't talk about oh, half. Yeah. The, I couldn't listen. I couldn't relate to half the things she's talking about. But I'm like, listen, I get the energy. <laughs> I get the energy. Right. You know, I don't have to right. exactly be in the same shoes to understand where you're going with that. When Megan was like, you know what? I call my man. I call him a trick. He don't even be tripping. I'm like, well, sh- you know what? Please. Uh, we just had an entire. <laughs> we, we just had a half an episode, <laughs> like a, a half, like a regular episode along with getting the message out. We, with Wade we here, sure man, did. this is incredible, and we're going. And Wade, we def- <laughs> we're definitely going to work on something on having you back definitely before the year is out because I want to know okay. definitely more about uh, what you're doing also because you're in the, you're also operating a teaching space because you have students who you still teach whether like right now whether it be virtually whether they're able to meet up and I think that is Everything's awesome. Virtual. I love that. Everything's I love that. Virtual. I have six students right now it's a lot but i love it and we need to get you more so i want you to do me a favor i want you to go ahead send me uh because i know you got a link on your profile but send me any direct links this episode people people are hearing it now but it'll be up friday um and so send me all the links so i can make sure i put that information of course we're going to tag you uh on twitter so everybody knows to follow you. They can learn more. They can also watch your performances. Whatever content you want them to get immersed in, we want to make sure we're helping Great. you do that. Yes, yes. Thank you. No problem. All Thank right. you. This has been the most awesome like episode. That's actually our first uh, interview of the year. Yeah, I want to say it's the first the first one. I th- I'm trying to think, and uh, one of our friends might hear it. Be like, I think I was on there. Uh, but we know him, so he's kind of a part of the show, so it technically doesn't count. So it's the first interview. Love you, Ben. Yes, yes, shout out to Ben. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so certainly, much. Certainly, it's my pleasure. Thank you. No problem. And <laughs> folks, if you're listening, make sure you go sign that petition. Melissa is doing a hell of a job making sure that she's she's putting the work out there. Make sure y'all follow Wade. Definitely stay tuned. Oh gosh, and these music takes. I can't wait to have you back on because <laughs> you almost uh, five five fires went off. Five fires went off. And I, I, lo- I love it. I love it. My co my co host is a whole fool for him trying to take pot shots, but that's okay. That's getting rectified today. Hey 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 hey. You know what? You know what? I'm saving this. Uh, uh, I'm I'm taking even... the Marshawn Lynch approach. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. But you don't get paid. So how is that going to work? Right, exactly. Yeah, don't get paid. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't. You don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Wait, is there anything you want to leave the people with before we sign off? Just to always know that if you're doing the right thing, you will be right in the end. No matter how long it takes, keep doing it. Exactly. Amen to that. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Wade. We Certainly. appreciate you. This has been an awesome thank episode. You. And thank you, folks, for listening. <laughs> Make sure you. you follow Wade. Do it. I'm Please. telling you. He, uh, just the, the energy is magnificent. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. <laughs> we out. See you. Right, bye. Okay.